Hello, and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, September 30th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is feeling mostly okay that our nemesis of the week came to pass of mediocre Flyers winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll like, I guess I'll be okay with it. I was so annoyed, but it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I think I was annoyed up until the moment I saw Braden Coburn with the cup, and then I was like, oh, he's been in the league for 15 years. I'll give it to him. <laughs> You're better than me. I haven't watched any of the Stanley Cup celebration. I don't want to see it. I want to oh, keep wow. this, <laughs> this heart, my heart hard against it. Well, to keep up with Locked On Flyers. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts so you can get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today we are going to talk about the Stanley Cup and all of the fallout from the Bolts winning. And then we'll hit some mailbag questions and wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. Follow us so you can tweet us your mailbag questions, off-season feelings, topics you'd like us to discuss, or maybe there's a guest you'd like to hear on the show. You can also email us your thoughts at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. So I know, Danielle, you said you didn't watch the kind of post-game celebration stuff, but I, I have to say that that game six was not the most enjoyable hockey game to watch. But that being said, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning really just did the work to to win that game and shut Dallas down. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, yeah, you look at Tampa's roster and Dallas's roster and you could see how that could happen. Yeah, I know that the final stats show that Dallas wound up with 22 shots by the end of the game, but like 12 of them were in the last six minutes, I think. It took them till like well into the third period before they registered their 10th shot on goal. And, you know, obviously you have to credit Tampa's defensive play there. And with, you know, Victor Hedman, Conn's Mythe winner being a big part of that. But, you know, I think that team across the board, even, you know, our good old buddy Braden Coburn had something to do with that. And it was just such a dominant performance in game six. I feel like it was to be expected after what happened in game five that Tampa played, I think, not quite as well, but pretty close. And Dallas just got lucky on the few opportunities they had. But Tampa wasn't about to let that happen again. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like I said, uh, afterwards, uh, Victor Hedman was given the con Smythe, but you know, to your point about the Bolts roster being so deep, there were four guys on that team that could have won the Conn Smythe and it would have been a reasonable selection, you know, besides Hedman, uh, Brayton Point, Vasilevsky, and of course Kucherov, you know, all performed really well over the course of the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, I definitely think that Hedman probably deserves it, but um, point would be a close second for me because I just felt like every important game he was on the score sheet making plays and scoring goals. So, yeah, they just all of them 
seem to step it up at moments where they really need to. And I think that, you know, there were obviously storylines about a lot of the players, like, you know, Maroon having one last year with St. Louis and this year with Tampa, and he's a free agent, which <laughs> makes it tempting to want to grab him as maybe a good luck charm. Yeah, he actually is the only um, Lightning player that I'm happy for because I like Patrick Maroon. Who <laughs> would love if he played for a team that I liked this time around? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he, I, I was really happy for him. I think that. This is just icing on the cake for him. Um, One thing that was interesting after the game were, you know, how they did the logistics of the cup ceremony. And it was just so weird without fans there and how they had the whole team go up while Gary Bettman was talking, how they did not pipe in booing for Gary Bettman, which was slightly disappointing. (laughs) <laughs> I see I was okay with that because I like the authentic booze like I don't want the NHL it's kind of like when your parents do something and they're like oh like I'm gonna do something like that you cool kids do and then it's just like it's not cool anymore when you do it so like I like the authentic fan booing like from actual fans not like the NHL just playing it in the background I think I'm probably in the minority of that but I just don't know. Like, I don't want them to be in on the joke, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a fair point on that. I think the other part of it, too, is that I think it would have played well for viewers, but in the arena, it just would have been weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, I'm okay with the decision, but I guess I just miss booing Gary Bettman. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, that's I miss it as well. Do you think that there are, you know, this happens every year when somebody new wins the Stanley Cup and you look at that team and other teams want to emulate what they've done, right? So this year, do you think there really are lessons that you can take from Tampa in terms of what the Flyers could do to move towards winning a cup? You know, that's a really good question. And, like, I was trying to think about it, but a lot of it is just (laughs) – you have to make sure you're drafting really well um, because a lot of these guys are homegrown guys, like where the key guys are. Um, And then it's just kind of like your GM has to like make really good moves 90% of the time. Um, And then even with Tampa, it's like, you know, the Flyers could try to do everything that they did, which some of it is, it's just harder because of the tax Uh, like the taxes in Florida are, um, you know, give players more money than they would in Philadelphia or other cities. But Tampa waited a long time for this. Like, I mean, I know that they won the cup before and and it hasn't been as long as, uh, you know, we have been without the cup. But, you know, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, how many times have they gone to this, gotten to this point or the round before and just lost? And, so it's really, I, I really don't know what lessons the Flyers can really take from this that are actually doable. I really do just think like if it's your time, it's your time and everything kind of has to go right for you. Um, and I, I don't want this to seem like I'm, I'm thinking that Tampa's not a good team because they are. They are very skilled, but it's just has taken them so long to get to this point. Um, That's kind of hard to think back 
on what you could see, you could take from what the Flyers are doing. So, yeah, I would just have to say, like, there's a lot of pressure on Chuck Fletcher because a lot of the a lot of the things that Tampa did really well that's doable for other teams falls on the GM. Yeah, I think you're right on target there that, you know, I don't think what Tampa has done is able to be imitated. I think, you know, with the years of drafting and making the key moves, I I think that that's just, you know, something that Steve Eiserman deserves a lot of credit, yeah. first off, for, for building most of that team. But I think that, like, the nugget you take out of that is patience. Mm-hmm. And that if you are confident <laughs> in the team that you have built through drafting, through development, through side moves, you don't panic and pull the trigger too quickly on anything. And that you stick with what you're confident in. And if it's meant to be, it'll work out like it did for Tampa. And I think that's the main lesson that you pull from them. Yeah, and that's a hard lesson to to say to Flyers fans because we've been waiting even longer. And to just sit there and say, well, you have to have patience to people who have been waiting for so long. It's uh, It might not blow over so well. Yeah. <laughs> from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using Stoicism's key idea. You control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. Or in this case, how the puck bounces. It's all about what you did to adapt. Lives of the Stoics, The Art of the Living, from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius, is available now wherever books are sold. Okay, real quick before we get into the mailbag, there was one small bit of Flyers prospect news. Uh, Team USA announced the World Junior Camp squad coming up, and our prospects Bobby Brink and Cam York were on the list. Um, I think that was to be expected for both of them, and I'm looking forward especially to seeing what Cam York does this time around because he had limited playing time in last year's World Juniors, but that he is the kind of returning champion this year, and so he should have a more prominent role. Yeah, I think, honestly, I would like to see the same for Bobby as well. Um, I'd like to see them both get a a bigger role in this team. Um, I think Bobby deserves it because I thought that he was very solid in World Juniors, um, and he was just, like, such a key contributor on the power play for them on the second unit. So I'd like to see them both get a bigger role. But like you said, I think Cam definitely – I think we definitely should expect to see that. Yeah. All right, so diving into our mailbag, our first question, Stanley Cup-themed, where would you take the Stanley Cup on your day with it? All right, so are we still under COVID um, restrictions, or if this is like... Oh, yes, yes. Oh. (laughs) Well, I guess, I mean, hmm. I mean, like, you have to do, like, a classic hockey player move and go back to, like, your hometown rink. Right, I I would expect, or the rink that you spent your most like most of your development at, or or something like that that means the the most to you. I'd probably have to do that, and then like they always do, like the family barbecue at some place. It probably has to be home or something like that. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably go 
to like a hometown rink? I think I would bring it out sailing. It's a good one. Yeah, I think although I guess it weighs 35 pounds, so we'd have to move it from side to side when you <laughs> tack on the sail on the boat. But uh, I think it'd be fun to take it out on the Chesapeake Bay where uh, I've been sailing. So speaking of boats, the Tampa Bay Lightning are having a boat parade as part of their victory celebration. And it just got me thinking, like, that was kind of a unique thing that the bolts are doing. And they can do that because they're on the water. But do you feel like everything's been done as far as these Stanley Cup celebrations go in terms of rallies and stuff? Or is there something new, especially in COVID times, like in creative that you think could be added to the mix? This is a good question. I think since like, you know, this, oh, this, you know, trophy has been awarded for over 100 years that you would think everything has been done. But I know there are way more creative people than I am. So I think that there's still something new that could be added to the mix. Like you said, the Bolts are having a boat parade. Um, You know, when we've seen so many different people and organizations get really uh, creative in these COVID times. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, if teams throw out other uh, new things to celebrate um, in the future. Yeah, I was thinking it would be really cool to just like randomly show up with the cup at like season long time season ticket holders houses and just like hang out in the front yard with the cup for a little bit. Yeah, that's like small scale, but cool. Yeah, I think that would be really cool for the fans. I would. It's just so hard because like it's like you want to make sure all the players get their time and like everyone who's like in like in the locker room, they all get their time. Um but I think that would be really cool to do a fan aspect of it. Maybe that's something that they would be able to do, like, once the season started. You know how, like, you know, the celebrations with the the players and stuff are over, um, and the Stanley Cup kind of just chills around the, the NHL? That would be something yeah. cool if, like, the team got that for a month and were able to, like, surprise season ticket holders. That would be really fun. As much as, you know, the Bolts winning wasn't the greatest outcome at, from – my personal fandom perspective, I do hope that, you know, they give them a little extra time than normally is available between seasons to have make sure each player does get their proper day with the cup. You're such a good person, Rachel, because I'd have been like, speed it up. <laughs> <So> they, <laughs> five players a day get it, and that's it. <laughs> but no, you can't act like that, so. No. So switching gears away from the Stanley Cup so we don't have to dwell. Uh, what is the weirdest trade rumor? Or it doesn't even have to be a trade, like a free agent signing or just some weird uh, happening that you've heard so far this offseason. doesn't necessarily have to involve a Flyers player. Oh, I, mean, I mean, like, there's probably so many that we're going to get leading up, like, uh, until free agency. And, like, throughout the offseason. But I have to say right now, like, the Jack Eichel one was pretty weird to me. Like, I get why teams are calling about him. But, like, the fact that Bob McKenzie, like, (laughs) tweeted that out when I'm pretty sure that that's the last thing the Sabres wanted um, to be released. And, like, Jack just seems like, because he has the C, like, if it was before he had the C, I could see him trying to move. But because he has that C, I doubt it so that was just like the weirdest one I was pretty shocked by that one yeah I think that was definitely out of left field 
I think like the weirdest thing, and I, I wish I remember where I saw it, but that somebody suggested that somehow the Flyers would get Trevor ran Reamsdyke, but then oh. get rid of James. <laughs> I think I saw that too. I think, but I think in the scenario that I saw it, they were like, keep James and then get Trevor. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. But that would be just like brutal. I know, right? Like, we cannot keep treating James like this. He does so much for the team. Like, <laughs> oh uh, man, I am so nervous for what is going to transpire over the next week <laughs> related to some of these guys, including James. Okay, so as is the annual tradition, probably five minutes after the Stanley Cup is awarded, Vegas puts out odds for next year's Stanley Cup. And this year, they have the Flyers in the fifth position in terms of potential for winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that? I so the superstitious part of me thinks like, oh, please don't jinx us. But I mean, it makes sense. Like, I know that the Flyers like their last game was not the best. But they really do, like, they have, like, little turnover. They could really make a run again next year. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't I don't hate that. Like, the teams at, at the top you, you really expect, maybe not Boston so much if they, especially when, when or if they lose Krug, and, like, if Chara retires. But, you know, I, I don't hate where the Flyers are. No, and just for reference, uh, ahead of the Flyers are... Boston, like you said, but Colorado, uh, Tampa, Vegas, Boston, then Philly. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's high expectation, but for good reason. Yeah, I think so, too. Now they just have to, like, reach and exceed those expectations, please. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was talking to my family on Sunday, and, like, they were asking me how the Flyers were doing, and it's like every time I, like – glow a little bit and say you gotta watch the flyers you gotta watch the flyers they're good they're good they crap the bed and then i look stupid so like you have to reach these expectations please flyers i hope so too all right so we got through most of the playoffs without mike milbury in the broadcast what do you think like that bodes for next season in terms of does he return to nhl on nbc you know, I could see either scenario playing out um, and wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, kind of like I could see Mike Milbury not coming back and everyone just going on as if nothing happened. I could see him coming back and him like saying this, like, oh, I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to make sure I don't like I'm going to watch what I say, not make jokes about blah, blah, blah. So I could I could really see both. I think no surprise. I would prefer them to continue without him. But at some points, like by the end of the um, playoffs, I was l- watching the games on mute. So <laughs> even without Mike Milbury. So. Yeah, I think that him being gone gave some of the other people really strong opportunities to shine. And I think that, you know, Patrick Sharp really came into his own as the playoffs continued. I think having Anson Carter around was super helpful. 
And so I think all it did was give other people opportunities and make people not miss Mike Milbury. So I'm very intrigued to see what happens next time around. I agree with you. That's very true. Well, I might not know about what NBC Sports is going to do with Mike Milbury. I do know about Built Bars. They are a soft protein bar that tastes almost like a candy bar. And somehow they even got tastier with some of their new flavors. Cookies and cream, caramel brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. I love all of them. And they're such a delicious alternative to your regular protein bar. Yeah, and the best part that I still don't even understand is that they're healthy. Built Bar is great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a bar that actually tastes good and is good for you. Somehow they combine low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So it's great if you are walking on the trails and you just need some energy or if you're hungry but you don't want to eat a a full meal or if you're just on the go. And so many people have said they loved it uh, when they're on keto, a keto diet. So there really are something for everybody. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Diving back into the mailbag, Brent Flair, who is the assistant GM for the Flyers, had a little bit of media availability yesterday. He said that Tanner Lazinski, Wade Allison, and Linus Sandin uh, will likely play NHL games this upcoming season, considering that they're older prospects and they're more physically ready to jump into the NHL. Uh, When that happens will be up to them and how they perform. So of those three, who do you think gets the first shot at it? Hmm. This is a good question. I agree with Flair. I think, you know, my heart wants to say Wade Allison, but I think my head would probably say Tanner Lazinski. Just because I think if any, if there's a spot on the roster, it's at forward, not so much at defense, even though we still don't know what um, the Flowers are going to do with Myers or Ghost, but we still have Friedman. So I think that Sandine, um, there's a couple of players ahead of him at this point. Um, so I think the first person probably will be Wade Allison just because he's a winger and I could see, um, I could see him getting a shot. Yeah. I, I vacillate between Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison. I think that got Tanner is just so like so much of a hard worker that I feel like some of his tenacity is going to come through and he'll like barrel his way onto the flyers when he does get his first shot. But like Wade is just such like a pure skill guy that I think like when they're looking for a call up to provide some offensive jump, Wade might be the guy that they go to first. Yeah. Like I could probably see Wade scoring more goals. Um, and, and like sooner. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, I think Tanner probably um, has that NAK roadmap where not necessarily that he would get picked last, but once he does get picked, he takes that and runs with it and you don't and he stays up. Um, So that's that's kind of where I think I see it. 
Yeah. All right. Continuing with some prospect related questions. Would you rather that the players loaned to Europe stay there as long as possible for gameplay or should they return for camps whenever they first begin that may happen in November or December? Uh, so that's hard because I, I think so if it's all or nothing, I think they should stay. But if you can pluck certain players that I think have more a likelihood to make it, uh, make the NHL roster, I would like to see them come over. Yeah, I would hate to have players like ripped out of their regular routines that involve gameplay to come for a camp that is like a different physical pattern of behavior, right, in terms of training and, and then potentially have to go back into that. I think that is a little disruptive for them. So unless there's like a legit shot or that there's something that they really need to see that the Flyers can't from watching their gameplay in Europe, I think they should stay. And then the final question, do you prefer having a targeted player in mind for the draft or do you like going in blind so that you can avoid potential disappointment? Okay, so this is just for me personally, right? Not for yeah. the Flyers. Okay, Correct. I was going to say, wait, they don't have a list? Um, you know, I, I like to go in blind because I get very attached very quickly, and I have been burned by the Flyers once or twice or three times. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just going to go in blind. I'm not going to get attached to any players because what if they go to the a team I dislike? Like, I, I can't. So, yeah. I'm going in blind. What about you? Yeah, I think, you know, having been on both ends of that as well and having been disappointed, but also having been thrilled uh, by having these expectations, I think it's good having like four or five players in mind so that it's you feel like there's a higher potential of you being (laughs) happy is the way to go. I, you know, I do like knowing something about these kids so that I can react appropriately. But sometimes I do want to just go in blind. Like there's, there's definitely an advantage to that emotionally. Yeah. I'm the type of person that will, the flyers get them. And then I just start researching and watching everything that I can and building attachments that way. And even with the five, like if I were to do like five players, like there, I could absolutely see the Flyers picking none of them. And then like my favorite going to like the Islanders. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And now I'm just that person that's hard for me to let go. So then I'll be following some of the Islanders beat reporters. Like, have I still let, have I let Cole go? No, I still think about him and follow him. And I'm so excited that he's staying another year in college. So for myself, I think for my peace of mind, I could just like, picture it all five the people I like (laughs) go to five teams that I dislike (laughs) it's always tough when that happens all right so to wrap it up with our flyers fun thing this is not really a flyers fun thing but like I said I got a little emotional when I saw Braden Coburn with the Stanley Cup uh unexpected to me but uh I did feel that way so I bring you Braden Coburn with the Stanley Cup as our sort of Flyers fun thing. Yeah, Flyers adjacent. It, it counts. It, it works its way out. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks for listening to today's show, everyone. We'll be back again tomorrow. And as a reminder, we want to hear from you. Uh, send us in comments, mailbag questions like we had today. You can send them via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now tune in to the most recent episode of Locked On NHL and have a great day.